Good morning. I'm so happy to be here. It's a beautiful morning. Pastor, thank you so much for welcoming the Lutheran Bible Translators family and also your service and mission. I know how that feels traveling Costa Rica and arrive here after midnight and you are still here. That's because of the Lord. Thank you. Dear beloved, today I would like to share with you from the gospel reading we have. But before I proceed, I would like to ask you, how many of you know about the Lutheran Bible translators? Well, it's like preaching to the choir, so I don't need to tell you anything about that. But greetings from our missionaries and uh, staff people who labor and work hard to get the word out. In our text, what we have today, to some extent ties to the Lutheran Bible translator's mission, especially the epistle where St. Paul exhorted the church at Thessalonica, asking that they pray for him. God opened the door and spread his word out. That is the mission of the Lutheran Bible translators, that the word be out in the language of people in different parts of the world. But like what we see from the gospel reading today, here we find also a very interesting story. Jesus marching to Jerusalem and meeting a crowd and shows them what is going to happen in the end. And this is the same crowd who was welcoming Jesus when he entered into Jerusalem saying, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. But Jesus knew there was something that really kept the eyes and the hearts of the people in Jerusalem much better than his sacrificial days. That was the beauty of the temple. The white marble, the great stones, the fancy sites and buildings, they have been, they were bragging about how great that nation was. Particularly, this one started by Herod the Great that began the temple building almost for 84 years, and that caught their attention. And they were saying, look, our fathers were moving from one city to another city, carrying the Ark of the Covenant in the tent. Look, Solomon built that big and huge, great temple. And but now we have also a beautiful one 
that's built by Herod the Great. Fame, greatness, and all those kind of things were trapped them. And of course, to, to see the pilgrim, those who traveled to the town and the city, they had this experience, not only about hearing Christ has entered in Jerusalem, but also the riots and the shouts and the confusion. But Jesus brought their attention to what matters most about himself and what happens in the end. Our redemption has drawn near. Our salvation is now. And the Son of God has come preaching that same gospel today that I'm sharing with you, saying, repent and believe in the kingdom of God is at hand. Dear beloved, if you just read this passage from the gospel of Luke chapter 21, verses especially 5 through 28, Comparing with the Gospel of Mark and Matthew, you find the context, the whole idea, how this text was laid out and what Jesus was communicating and connecting about the people. It was a holy week. Jesus just finished his, his marching and teaching. And the disciples were around him, and the crowd was around him. Some who were anticipating the great Messiah had entered in Jerusalem, delivering them from the Roman conqueror. And some, to some extent, scared about what's going to happen because there are signs and there are some confusions. Especially in Jerusalem. But as they had left the temple area, someone remarkably asked this question and also pointed out the beauty of the stones and the decorations and the greatness of the stones in the temple. Of course, the beauty of the temple was about much more physical aspect. And the temple was the center of the Jewish people. The temple was a sign of greatness. The temple was a cultural. And the temple was a place where their self of belongingness and identity and the pride and faith manifested. Some of you, if you were in Israel, you noticed how those white marbles and buildings, especially when this event happened on Mount Olive, you were on Mount Olive and you look down, those buildings are beautiful. 
white stones, great buildings. They attract. For Jesus, that was not what matters. For him, what matters was that the Son of Man will be lifted up. That he will be dying. He will be glorified for the sake of many. And he revealed himself that he is better than that building. Because that building could be destroyed stone over stone. And it would be a rebel. It would be just a destruction and desolation. And the people couldn't believe it. And they say, how come that would happen? This is a great temple. Who can take this down? But Jesus was communicating to them about his presence in the temple. That the Son of God is an ever-present help. And he is with his people. Well, God had long history of being with his people. In our sermon hymn, we heard about that Emmanuel, he is with us. We are not only talking about the end of ages and time, but also the coming of time, especially as we are transiting to the Advent season. The season expecting and awaiting the coming of the king. Jesus reminded his people that God is with his people. Not only in the temple, in the buildings, but even wherever his people travel and move. And he reminded God is with his people not only when they are strong, but also when they are struggling, when they are weak, when they are tired, when they are almost given up, God is with his people. And Jesus reminded his people that the temple of Solomon, that was dedicated as greatness, a place even for the dwelling place of God and the Holy Spirit, one point was gone, but God didn't. Dear beloved, the church where I was brought up, raised in a Christian phase in Ethiopia is named as the Ethiopian Evangelical Lutheran Church as Ethiopian Makaneyesus Church. And that's one of the Few Lutheran churches in Africa, it is not directly named Ethiopian Lutheran Church. Rather, it is called Makaneyesus Church. I want you just to know this story, this history. The reason why that happened, missionaries came from all over the world, from the United States, from the Scandinavian countries, Denmark, Finland, Sweden, Norway, and from Australia and Canada, Germany, and they started mission work everywhere. Then at one point, 
missionaries started fighting. Fighting on what? How to do liturgy. What kind of robing they should have? The German way or the Norwegian way? The American way or the Australian way? There was in fight. Then the king was very disturbed. The king then was Emperor Haile Selassie I of Ethiopia. And he summoned all the missionaries and he said, I will give you ultimatum. And this, you crossed over seven, 8,000 miles travel. You came all the way here, but only to fight about how to pray, how to preach, how to behave. And is this what brought you here? Then the second question he asked them, just tell me someone in the street of Addis Ababa, which is the capital of Ethiopia, if you found someone whose name is Luther, then call this church Ethiopian Lutheran Church. Even as of today, I don't, I don't know anyone whose name is Luther, an Ethiopian. <laughs> then he said, is it not Jesus who died for you? And your salvation is secured by Jesus. Why don't you wish to have your church be a place where Jesus dwells in? The body of Jesus. That's what the word Makane Jesus means. That means a place where Jesus dwells. And here is the same thing what we find in the story from our reading today. It's a holy week. More likely someday like Tuesday or Wednesday before the Son of Man is given up, betrayed, tried, and lifted up, died on our behalf. But still the eyes of the people and the hearts of the people is stuck on something that they see around them. Beauty, greatness, just like what this world always show us. Here I am. But Jesus said, no, that's not what matters most. What matters most is the Son of Man is in your midst. Dear beloved, as we march also to this Advent season, very soon, let's keep our eyes focused on that Christ, him crucified alone, who is an ever-present help, who is an omnipresent God, who presents himself through the sacraments and always refresh us, strengthen us, empower us, encourage us, admonish us, and build us up, not to be busy idle, like Paul said to the Thessalonians, but very engaging, very courageous to share the word of God. And that word is in your heart, in your mouth. God has given you. It doesn't matter how old we are and strong we are and educated we are. 
but we have that presence, Christ, in our midst. What these disciples and many other people forgot was that the temple, the sacrifice, the festivals, and all other requirements and the traditions and the trends, all those were temporary. Only preparation for the day when the Son of Man comes. And the signs are out. Wars, struggles, famines, droughts, hatreds. I mean, the world is there. Those are signs that the Son of God is coming. He's coming through his word every now and then when we hear. He's coming through the sacraments. Of course, he's coming when our names are called and we join heaven. Son of man is coming, but keep your eyes focused on what matters most. And don't be tired doing good things, connecting the word. Ask the Lord to open the door for you so that you preach, teach, and reach out to the lost. Because salvation is now. Our redemption is now. Our redemption has drawn near. We need to connect and communicate that Christ and Christ alone. May God help us to live up this life by his spirit. Let the church say amen.